The good old barefoot shuffling across that outdoor dance floor like he ain't got no sense. His new girlfriend found her a pretty good feller. I guess that she's into rednecks. Oh my, no lie. Y'all better hold on tight. That's the song that started this podcast, Crosby. <laughs> Our good friend Brent Cobb, CO double B. <clears throat> like corn on the cob, but with two Bs. Gosh, his new album, dude. He dropped three songs on it. Have you heard his gospel album? No, is it good? Oh, oh, he's just, he's so good genius just genius the way he collaborates the way he writes his production this one's with his cousin dave cobb who does his first two albums shine on rainy day and providence album providence canyon and he does chris stapleton he does pink he does jason isbell he does brandy carlisle i mean dave cobb's the who's who of grammys i don't know how many grammys dave cobb's won but it's a lot but his new album and now let's turn the page how awesome is that for a gospel album that's Mm. just cool right there that's clever but he just released he just released um a new single off of that not a single but the next cut off of it just a closer walk with v he's got when it's my time he's already released and he's got we shall rise all three of them are unbelievable but listen to this a little bit which one is this when it's my time Dude, is that not just got some gospel funk to it? You feel like you're in the pew right now? Oh, it just feels... I feel like I'm watching Morgan Freeman. He's got a nice voice. There is no reason for me to stay. I did all dance. Is that beautiful or what? Mm. That's when it's my time. Off the upcoming album by Brent Cobb. And now let's turn the page. You can expect that album coming up on January 28th, 2022. Breaking it down with Chad and Alex. What's up with our partners, our sponsors, Jack Daniels, old number seven, Tennessee sour mash whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never, ever allow underage drinking. I just had a sip of the new 10 year old. It's hard to find. I got my hands on some. Was it worth it? Bro, it's Christmas time. So yeah, I had one one little drink last night watching watching Christmas vacation for the second time this week. And it's so good. But my sec I had two drinks last night. My second one was the winter jack with a little bit of gentleman jack on top of it. Mm. Dude, I'm talking like it's just the best. Jack Daniels you is so You go with like committed. a big ice cube or a bunch of ice cubes? A bunch of ice cubes. Like? I mean, I, I, got, I like the craft style, and I do have the, the you know, our, our partner, Flask Cat. They, they make these ice cube trays. They're, I mean, I need to give you one for your house for the holidays. I mean, it might be my Christmas gift to you. The Flask Cap or the balls? That was weird. What? Right, how about a 40-pound bag of Old Roy? <laughs> <laughs> you serious, Clark? You serious, Clark? I can't quit quoting the movie, but Jack Daniels, <laughs> thank you so much for your commitment to excellence. Every drop of Jack Daniels is distilled in Lynchburg, Tennessee. 177 countries sell Jack Daniels. How many employees do you think they have? Oh, God. Thousands. They have over, I believe, 92 or 102 warehouses in Lynchburg, and every one holds enough whiskey in it to fill up two Olympic-sized swimming pools. Uh, Two Olympic-sized swimming pools. It's insane. I, I wonder... And do they discuss, I've never been there. Are they aging anything like, 
that's mm-hmm. been sitting for like 15 years that's yeah. waiting to be 20 and 25. Like, are they going to do some stuff like that? I don't know. I can't let that out of the ba- I, bag. That's what I wondered. Yeah, there's some stuff. If you were on, there. if you were on Stern, you'd let it out of the bag. Mm, I don't know yeah. if I like Howard Stern much anymore. You just got to think back to his old days. <laughs> I love his old days, though. but man, just shut up and sing, dude. I know he had Beetlejuice on this week, first That's, time in five years. Just every time I'm on there and they start talking about this pandemic and how dumb we are for not getting the vaccination and how wrong we are and how awesome this administration is, I'm like, dude. No. It's all satire. It's I'm so bullshit. tired of it. I'm so tired of it. So you will confirm or deny that there might be some of that older stuff around, though? I guarantee that there might be. Ooh. <laughs> I said might 60% be. 60% of the time it works every time. Yeah. Ooh, that's I think that'd be cool, job. though. Like that 10-year, you know, like you said, the 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 old number sevens, four to seven years or whatever, gentleman, single barrel, all that stuff you're used to seeing. It'd be cool if one day in our kind of – lifetime or whatever they they had like a jack 25 or something like that i just don't know if you know they got such a good thing going did somebody have the foresight to save some stuff that long that would be like obtainable i guess is what i'd say like you said allocation is everything right they might have a little bit of that stuff around but would it make it to a normal guy like me you probably get some of it i don't know i mean I bet you. I got some pretty cool bottles in there right now, dude. I know. That's what I mean, though. Like, that's stuff you get, but it'd be cool if they had like a Jack 25. Well, I bet you they're working on some stuff. (laughs) Maybe they are. Just came out the 10. (laughs) I know. They just left the barrel next to it sitting another 15. Well, yeah, but 15 years, man. You're not going to get it out of me, dude. I'm going to be 55. I don't know if I can wait that long. You're not going to get it out of me. (laughs) Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody Breaking It Down series is brought to you by. Have you seen our new coolers? I'm being for real on this one, dude. Have you seen the pads, the gator skin pads, the etching and the carving? Oh, my God. The cup that I just brought into the house to show some people. They put a photo of me and my dad, my brothers, my cousin. I Eric saw that it. the other day. That's Isn't that No, sick? I saw a baseball one with you. When I was wearing a baseball hat and a cutoff Motley Crue shirt when I was about 10. The three of you Ripped and your up. dad. Yeah. That was a, there was another person in the yeah, picture? Eric Maybe Baker, I, didn't, my cousin. I didn't look close enough. But I saw one with me on there. Clay was carrying it the other day. Oh, your deer? Him and I and his deer. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to get you one of those? No. No? Imagine that. No, I said, do I need to? Oh, I thought you said, did you? Yes. Well, I'll give you some different pictures, though, you know? Yeah, you can send me some pictures. What about you want on there? That sounded weird, too. I was going to say, what about that (laughs) one of you and I in Vegas? (laughs) Oh, the the one in the shower? Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't know about that. Think they'd print that? Gator Coolers, G A T R, Louisiana. Awesome. The Gator Skins, the 70 on wheels is my favorite. You can get the 110 on wheels. They got a 20. They got a 45. Just awesome stuff, man. It looks good. It's applicable. It freaking holds ice. It retains ice. Here's the secret of coolers. Everybody gets a cooler, right? They go out in their garage, and they fill it with ice, and they put it in the back of the truck, and then two days later, they're like, where's all my ice? So I'm bitch, you just put it in a sauna. Right. It's been sitting in your 90-degree freaking sweaty garage all winter, whatever, and now you take it out and it's been heated up at the beginning of the spring and it starts to get hotter in the summer. It's not going to hold ice. You have to condition them, mm-hmm. right? You have to condition them to hold ice. You, you got to plant ice in there, let it melt, get it cooled off, put it in a cold room, put it in somewhere that's not 100 degrees because, of course, that's going to melt ice. So you have to condition your coolers to where they get that retention span way up. 
I know that your attention span is not way up, Crosby. <laughs> You're already losing. No, me I'm on listening. This. But a retention span is how long will ice last in that cooler? I've seen it over 15 days in my Gators. 15 days, dude, of keeping it in cool spots and keeping food and drinks cold and fresh for over two weeks. I just took one of your coolers to Vegas. In Vegas, it's still like 70 during the day. And I was there for one day down driving, five days in Vegas, and then one day back. And when I got home, I poured ice you know, onto my lawn when I emptied my cooler. It's legit. They're legit. Which one's your favorite? I like the one with the wheels on it. And you have to have wheels. Yeah. I, I unless you go with that like the smaller ones that you can just kind of carry like a six pack of soda or whatever in. Uh you gotta have the one with the wheels for sure. Do you carry a cooler in your truck every day? Just getting around town? No. Only because I wouldn't want it to get stolen out of there. Uh, but I guess I could lock one in there. Or now I have a camper shell, courtesy of you. Uh, I could carry one around. But I don't. I would still worry about it getting stolen. There's a lot of bad people in the world, man. Isn't that sad that like you can't carry... I feel like I can't carry a, a high-end cooler around because I'm afraid it's going to get stolen. Um, yeah, it sucks. Sucks. And even even padlock, I was just thinking I could lock it in there. We had a trailer stolen out of our side yard that was locked with a lock. They cut the lock with a freaking bolt cutter. What that, side yard? At the restaurant. Had a utility trailer locked up to a pole and came into work in the morning and locks cut in half, laying on the ground, trailer's gone, stole the whole trailer. A, a trailer from like the 70s, dude, that was worth nothing but used weekly for business stolen get dude gas stolen out of our yeah that's a good point i mean people see that kind of stuff and they center in on it okay. and they and they want a cooler like go buy your own cooler they won't though go it's easier to steal cooler, some hard-working guy's cooler stop messing with me stop taking our stuff out of our cars especially this time of year man oh my god you got to be so careful when you're christmas shopping we've talked about that a little bit before um what do you think of multiple coolers though? Oh yeah. Because I'm like addicted. Like I like, like I'll pick one to do this. And if I go to the beach, I want this. I got all, I got, you know, I love the cutting board dividers in there. Cause I can oh, pull yeah. that cutting board out. Salami and cheese. Bam. We have them on the back of our boats and they're, those ones are locked down. We got those bolted down with a little platform thing that we built and it's got bungees that wrap around it. So it can't fly off, but you can still open the open the lid and get to it, you know, because it's not, we don't want to end the boat taking up room. So right. it's just out by the ski deck a little bit, swim yeah. deck. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of multiple coolers. You got to have a food cooler, a cold drink cooler and a beer cooler. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wrestle through all the Cokes and stuff to find a beer. And I don't want to push around the cold cuts and all that stuff. So I want one dedicated beer cooler and then one for, you know, water and soda. And if somebody's got their kids around that one, and then you got to have the one for the food. You got to have the one for the food because mixing the beer and the food can get in the drink. You, the you screw drinks, up the food. You get that and it, the food can leak in and get all slimy mm -hmm. on the side of the cans. Like just, you just be smart. Like I'm very, oh man, how can I say this? We talked about our, our partner meat which I love the meat products, our grinders and our, and our tumblers and all of our mixers and our vacuum sealers and everything. 
when we put it back up on the shelves, it's clean. It's organized. It's ready for us to be like, oh, I can't wait to get it down again. That's how my coolers are. Mm-hmm. I want them accounted for. I want them clean. I don't want that smell when you open them up. Take pride in this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. And it will last for freaking ever. I was going to say, you buy one and you take care of it, they last forever. They're not, they're not them old school ones that buckle and weather and warp and all that stuff. But yeah, I always, when I get home, I empty them out, clean them. And then the, the most important thing is I leave them for a couple of days with the lid open so they dry. You know what I mean? Because if you just, if you clean them and even with fresh water in them and you shut them and then let them sit there for a month, you're going to get mildew and all that stuff, you know? So you got to bleach them, clean them, dry them, leave them open for a few days till they're, all the water's breathe. gone. And then you can shut them and put them away. Um, Gator coolers is just, I love their mentality. Look. They're not reinventing the wheel. They just got a great culture. They got a great product. They got great customer service. They're an unbelievable family, the McGeehee brothers. So support them. Gatorcoolers.com. G-A-T-R. See them all over the foul life. See them all over our social media. See them all over the provider TV. All of our events. I was just talking to Brian the other day. He's meeting me in Oklahoma in a couple weeks. I can't believe you don't come on the road with me. You're lame, but anyway, ice cream salesman mm-hmm. in the wintertime. That's your like that's my my but one of my best friends gives me that excuse. Hey, you want to go hunting? No, I'm selling ice cream. It's December. <laughs> People <laughs> eat it year round, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sales are up right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna lie, if you don't want to hang out, bro, just say it. I'd love to. We talked about John Shaw. I better be getting that invite. What's that bar I like so much there? Mm. The angler? The angler's one and the other one is the um is the uh, Hagerman Inn in the in the bar in there is can't remember the name of that bar, but the Angler is the one down the street from John Street with the pool tables and stuff. Oh, that's yeah, so fun! Greatest place with the little restaurant next door. I freaking love Shaw Shooting. Absolutely love it. Do you think it's wrong that if you brought up Hagerman, Idaho, a lot of people would want to talk about duck hunting or and and I I just want to talk about that cool bar that's in town. Is that wrong? Is there something wrong with me? No, because Hagerman's that kind of community. I think so, too. You meet there, you socialize there, play pool, listen to music, have awesome food. Eat, yeah. And then you have you know great camaraderie. And then you got unbelievable duck hunting. And hunting all over Idaho is freaking awesome. Today's episode of The Foul Life. Or no, I'm so sorry. This life ain't for everybody. I just said foul life. But this is not The Foul Life podcast. This is Breaking It Down with Chad and Alex, part of the This Life Ain't For Everybody series is brought to you by Bodyguard Bumpers. The reason I want to end our little sponsor rant here, I like talking about partners because they all mean so much to us. But I love the Malakote family. I love everything about Kelly and Grant and Paris, Texas, their whole crew, their family at MF Waterfowl, Jordan and the brothers and how they've treated us on our hunts there. I think that people need to know these about these brands. It's not about, oh, well, I'll just go get a bumper down here or anybody that pays belding to put the bumper on. That's not what this is about. It's not. There's been years where we've worked deals out just because I wanted to buy bumpers and be part of the team. And, and now they're an official sponsor again and a partner of ours and growing pains and businesses and all of that stuff has occurred. And I never want to give up on that type of story. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I love about American entrepreneurial spirit is that these folks in Paris, Texas built this bumper out of necessity. They hit a cow on a ranch and the sun went in and started welding a a bumper to put across the grill of this truck of a Dodge. I wonder if the company would have happened if he was driving a Ford because the Ford probably wouldn't have been too much damaged. Probably not. 
See, they got to think cow, about it. A cow, though? I don't know. Cow's no match for really. Or I don't know. Cow's a match for any truck. You got it. The Dodge is beat up, goes into the shop, welds this bumper together, installs it on the truck. Master fabricator, right? Grant is. Puts it on there. What happens? The neighbor rancher. Where'd you get that? Oh, my son built it. Oh, I want him to build me one. Boom. Cool. Now here comes the idea. And now you can, they can't keep up. Now the factory, it's unbelievable how many employees they have. Out of necessity. Out of like a, a dedication to, to professionalism and a dedication to excellence, Bodyguard Bumpers is born. And they do not cut corners. I just want to add something. Because chances are, if you've found this podcast you like the outdoors or you like something about the outdoors or you're into hunting or shooting. Why wouldn't you support a, a, a badass company that has the same mentality? You know what I mean? We're, we would be naive to think there isn't another bumper out there, but those people aren't in this space. Those people aren't, you know, involved in shooting sports and hunting and conservation. And it, it's just important for the world to support, people with your same mentality and, and, and be of a like mind. And, and sometimes I think people take that for granted and, you know, they, they buy things out of, uh, you know, convenience. And I, and I think in this day and age and pricing, yeah, pricing, convenience, whatever, you got to be thoughtful with where you spend your money now. It, it just, that's the climate we're in and people, I want to support companies that support what we do. I believe all, I, I agree with you 100. percent I I want to be I want to be surrounded by the people that want to be surrounded by me, so to speak. You know what I mean? If you're if you're not into the outdoor world and you're not into hunting and fishing and shooting, I, I don't want to hang out with you. And not I mean that you know, take it with a grain of salt. When I spend my money, I want to spend it with people that are doing the same thing I'm doing, and it's important. It's important, more important now than it ever has been before. And in my on top of that is that the product that they build. Second to none. It's amazing. Truly unbelievable. These bumpers, front bumpers, rear bumpers, running boards. They work with rigid lights. I mean, just go check them out. Bodyguard bumpers. Look at their stuff on Instagram at SEMA. Dude, you should have seen their spread at SEMA. I need to show you some of these pictures that they rolled into SEMA. Let me show you this one real quick. This thing is freaking bad to the bone i'll tell you what man it would be hard to go it will be hard to get a new truck the time period where it doesn't have a custom bumper on it you know what i'm saying like having a lift having custom rims and you know all that stuff you have to have the bumpers now it's it has to be done it's safe it's safe but they just they look badass dude they look badass. They're practical. I mean, dude, you ready for this? Here it comes. You got your airdrop on? Yeah. Airdrop me. Airdrop me. Airdrop me. This Air... is SEMA. This I wish I could go to SEMA, SEMA once. Is there any way you could hook that up? You can oh, hook everything easy. else up. Easy. Let's go next year. Bring your phone closer. Slide her down here a little bit. There it is. Bam. Pop up. What's going on? There it, is. there it is. See what you got. Look at that. Will you please look at that Bronco? Did it not come through? Oh my God. No, it did. Wow. Is, it, is that not the cleanest to clean? Whose truck is that? Bronco is that? 
Is that one of theirs, or they just built it for they this? They built it out. What are they doing with it now? Um, I Damn. think they sold it. Did they really? That's mm-hmm. a badass ride right there. It's got the underlights, the freaking bump. Oh, my God. Bodyguard bumpers. Check them out. Get one on your rig. You're, that's They make some sick Jeep packages, too, that we just put on Chance's Jeep. I mean, it's really pretty. Breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. What are we breaking down? Let me tell you what we're breaking down today. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. You are? Okay. I really want to know in the history of sitcoms, what was funny and what wasn't funny? Like, what did you like look forward to watching every week that would make you laugh your ass off? And everybody always goes to the same one word answer. What? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I always go to a two word answer that could be a one word answer too, but I think the funniest of all time is The Office. Yes. Like I'll binge watch The Office once a year. I still watch it too. Gosh, is it funny, dude. But I am watching Seinfeld again on Netflix right now. Is it funny though? It is less funny now. I will get, I will, I, I, I don't know if it was something about the time. I don't think so because, dude, when I tried it back when it was popular in the 90s, I was not, I was not impressed. Was it in the 90s? 90s and early 2000s? Yeah. It's got to be, right? What was the Seinfeld run? It was, I know, it was 13 years, I believe, You got to right? fact check that. I'm on it. It is, it, it definitely lost its luster to me as far, like I said, I am watching it because it just came out on uh, Netflix again or whatever has been released. I'm not saying it wasn't funny. But I don't think it was. First episode, 89. Final episode, 98. Really? It never even got into the 2000s. There, no. Seinfeld's already been off the air for freaking t- over two decades, dude. I, can't, I was flies. nine years old when its first episode came out. Yeah. That's probably why we weren't into it as much. It was over our head. Yeah. But when I go back and watch it now, I don't get too laughable at it. I really, and I don't know if you call it a sitcom or not, but. I really was into The Simpsons when I was younger. And it's the longest running animated series. Still going, right? Yeah. Like South Park's funnier. South Park's. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, you can't watch that with your kids. The Simpsons had some, you know. uh, What was their thing about celebrities? What was the thing like they'd have a celebrity on or there was like some weird thing about. No, they've predicted so many things. Dude. Oh, they predicted so many things. Yeah. That's what it is. It's crazy how many things they predicted. Dude, they have predictions on this coronavirus shit. Predictions of Trump being president. Literally, they have an animated scene where Trump's going down a, a escalator and it's, you know, it says like Trump for president, you know, 1990, whatever. And literally there's a photograph of Trump really going down an escalator. It's like, it's like almost identical and it was on The Simpsons. Wonder how they did that. They had, dude, this Wuhan thing. They had this, like somebody, you know, order some product and it's made in China. And the character, the, the you know, Chinese character is like, oh, you know, boss, I'm sick. I need to go home. And they're like, no, keep working. And he coughs into this box and like this green, like, you know, uh, you know, virus, animated virus goes in the box and he seals it up and it makes it to the Simpsons house and they open it and everybody gets this virus, dude. It's crazy. There's so many predictions that they have. Has there ever been any studies on how? Uh, they they say Matt Groening is a uh, alien, but I don't know what the real dude. They had they predicted Siegfried and Roy getting attacked by the tiger. 
It's crazy what no, they've they done. Didn't. Yes, they did. Really? Yep. They, they're different character names on theirs, but it's these two dudes that have white tigers, and the one gets freaking mauled, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it. Are just you serious? Real quick. I'm Googling it real quick because it's literally it's the number. Uh, this says 10, 17 times the symptoms Simpsons predicted the future, and then there's the next clip is ten more times they've done it. They have predictions for twenty twenty one. Yeah, this is a 33-minute compilation video that's on YouTube of all the predictions of The Simpsons. 33 minutes. I got to watch it. It's insane, dude. I knew there was something. But I thought there was also something with celebrities. Like, they'd have celebrities on and... They would die or something? Oh, man, I can't remember, dude. Well, you brought up The Simpsons. I'm not qualified to talk about them right now. I, I was. I never really them. got into it. No, but I never really got into South Park. I never really got into cartoons as a kid, except maybe Scooby Doo. I was more of a WWF guy before it became WWE. What about Saturday morning cartoons? You never did that? Oh man, I was outside, dude. I don't know if we were allowed to watch them. Oh, they were on at like six a.m., dude. Yeah, that, was, I'd eat my bowl of cereal watching cartoons. My dad had us literally up at five thirty when we were nine, freaking splitting wood, <laughs> boots on, like chores, dude. We had chores. I'm not saying we didn't have fun, but we had chores. Oh, we had chores too, man. Big time chores. Cows you, and horses and chickens and ra- I mean, dude, we were if we weren't feeding them, we were slaughtering them. I mean, that's all we did is freaking 22 to the dome of a cow, freaking butcher them up. Donnie Hughes would come over, Lauren Bigliary come over, bam. But back to sitcoms. I was a fan of The Office because it kept my attention. Like I don't know, it made jump the shark when Steve Carell left. And I do like Andy, uh, Ed O'Neill. I think he's funny. He was, uh, is it Ed O'Neill or is it, who's the guy in Married with Children? That's Ed O'Neill. Wait, who, who played Ted Bundy or, uh, Ted Al Bundy? Al Bundy. Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy played, played Ted himself. Bundy? <laughs> uh, Al Bundy was Ed O'Neill. You're talking about when Andy, from the show becomes the boss, you're saying? Yeah. Who plays Andy? Is it Ed O'Neill or uh uh Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Okay, thank you. By the way, the his, Nard Dog. Hey, dude, his movie Vacation, the new vacation with him and Christina Applegate, he's awesome in. You're the new one. He's awesome in the hangover, but the new oh, yeah. vacation, yeah, not the he, che- you know, Chevy Chase is in it. Oh yeah. At the end, at the when end. They, they, they live in that house in Frisco. Yeah. That is a pretty good movie that kind of didn't get a lot of action. Um, I, I enjoyed that time in the office though. When they remember they had all the new bosses. Remember they had Robert California from, he's yeah. the dude from the blacklist. Play, he plays but a, dude, it lost it. It lost a it lot did. when Steve Carell left. Cause it dude, did. that guy is dynamite. But then he comes back at the end, right? Did he? Didn't he come to Pam and Jim's wedding? Was was Pam and Jim's wedding the last episode? No, I guess not. No, but it got... That's yeah. kind of where it should have ended, probably, maybe is what I'm thinking. I need to go back and watch the last season. But, dude, those there were so many uncomfortable situations watching that show. Oh, my God. Like, how did they keep a straight face when they would do, like, the racism deal, the racism deal, and they put whatever they were, whatever they oh, were yeah. on their forehead? Remember that? And they oh, had yeah. to wear the stick, you know, like they did. And the sexual misconduct and all this. They, there was so much uncomfort in that office. And he played it so dead on. Like, I don't know what it was about that. It, maybe it's Ricky Gervais. And I know it was a popular show in the UK or Britain or wherever. But when it made American TV, it fast, like steadily became my favorite sitcom of all time. Now, right. I was a Cheers fan. Cheers, I was a yeah. Cheers fan. 
But there's not a lot of sitcoms out there that like Friends. Like I was like, I've maybe watched two episodes my whole life. Because yeah, when maybe you were I was trying, trying to, to date, you were a girl. on a date. Yeah, yeah, and I was like trying to impress her. Like, yeah, I saw the Titanic twice too. It yeah. never once made me laugh. No, it just wasn't my style. Show. But it was popular. Oh yeah. But it just shows you that that's why there's so much out there. There's different tastes for people. But The Office, I honestly think that in syndication, it's got to be better than Seinfeld in syndication. So. There's other funny shows out there. Don't get me wrong. That show, Mom, have you watched episodes of Mom about the, no. the rehabilitating drug druggies? They're in rehab, a mom and her daughter, they live together. Good. Dude, funny. I never was into it when it was like on, but I watch it in syndication once in a while, like if I'm flying somewhere, just because there's so many real life situations they deal with with sobriety and freaking raising kids with sobriety and AA classes and having friends that are trying to battle it and addiction. And, and they make it like, so there are some serious situations in it, but dude, it is freaking like hands down. Like it's made by Chuck Lorre, who is another guy for the second funniest sitcom of all time. In my opinion is Charlie Sheen before Aston Kutcher on two and a half man, two and a half man. That show was hilarious. Oh my God. Hilarious. Hilarious. That's because Charlie Sheen's gold. Oh my gosh, dude! But him and the, him and the one dude, uh, I, the I can't, nerdy guy, yeah. I can't think of his name. But dude, they were perfect together. Oh my god, so did, perfect! Did you ever watch The Big Bang Theory? Yeah, it was pretty funny. They had some yeah. pretty funny. It, it had a long run. It my was parents like that show. Huge, fuck, huge awards and in, in syndication, and they knew like the, now they have another one about Sheldon, right? Don't they have like yeah. a new show off of it? Yeah. Um, what? What about MASH? Yeah, MASH was good, but we were way young. We were that. young, but like, I, I kind of, I used to, I remember I used to watch it like, obviously well p after its release date and shit on like that sitcom channel that was on cable. It was, that was a pretty good show though. I, I think it's, I, I think it was Alan Alda and the guy, I think it was very well done. It's just that they were taking, you know, that's a wartime, you know, they're putting light lightness on on a very serious situation and did a great job with oh, it. Yeah. It's kind of like what mom does. But the 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 office is literally almost 100% exactly what's not supposed to happen at an office workplace. And they, they freaking investigate every single one of those, dude. Oh, yeah. Outside sales and freaking Stanley. And then, I mean, the basketball games down with Craig Robertson and the, and the, the, the custodian crew downstairs. And Michael would just act like he was the main, you know what I'm saying? Like he was the main guy and he'd walk down there like he owned the place and they oh, yeah. wouldn't give him one bit of respect, dude. <laughs> one bit of respect. Do you remember the episode when he's dating his former boss, Jan, and uh, they go over like for a dinner party and she, she, she's basically talking about how she's sleeping with her, yeah. her, her male secretary that's like half her age and she plays that song and like Mike and Michael and Pam and Jim are all just sitting there like watching her like fantasize. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Like the most uncomfortable, funny show in the world, dude. I, I love that show. Um, it's hard. It's hard to put it in a box of like what the funniest sitcom is of all time. I guess it's everybody's just personal taste, but I think if you went back and watched both of them side by side, I think you would quit watching Seinfeld. Let's say that you had to watch one episode a night of both of them. I think you quit watching Seinfeld and stay on with The Office. It's funny that you... you so last night or the night before, I was sitting there and I just wanted like some background kind of noise on, so I put a Seinfeld episode on. 
it, it did not hold my interest for two minutes. It, I, it's just, I remember watching it back in the day and thinking that it was pretty funny. And there's definitely some funny stuff about it. But now re-watching it, it's not, it definitely does not hold my attention. Like if the Soup Nazi one came on, I would watch it like because I remember that one and it's funny. You know what I mean? Or the one when that chicken joint opens up by Kramer's house and he gets all sunburnt and freaked out. Like there's some funny ones out there. But as far as having whatever I said from 89 to 98, that's a lot of episodes. I can only think of a couple. You know what I mean? With very little jogging, I can probably talk about every Office episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what where you were when you watched it and how, who I was with. Like I, it was like the Sopranos to me. Like I'd put together a group and watch it cause it was so freaking funny. Do, do you remember when they, th- when Andy, uh, recorded the tweedly deedly dee. Yeah. It, oh, look, like acapella. And he's like, took me like 200 hours. And then they throw his phone in the ceiling. <laughs> tile, dude. It just keeps going off, dude. And he freaks out. And like the, what I love about The Office, it is like, I guess, like The Simpsons did the same thing is those little opening skits that they weren't the show, but they were like, like when Dwight does like the fire alarm thing, you know, and he heats up all the door. And that's not the show, but it was like two or three minutes of the opening that were all of them were gold, dude. The hardcore parkour when they're jumping off all the stuff. Dude, freaking every single genius, one of them. dude. I thought every episode was genius. Yeah. All the way up until the very end. I mean, I, I I want to watch the last season again, but the the first one, two, three, four, and five seasons with Steve Carell, there's, in my opinion, not funnier TV made. No, there might be something like episodes of Mom that they've 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 said some shit on there that I'm like, wow, that's funny. That's freaking. There is no fat on that joke. That's a well written. It's Chuck Lorre who did Two and a Half Men, and maybe he did The Big Bang Theory. I don't know, but he did. There was a sitcom that would come on after Two and a Half Men. That was Chuck Lorre. Too. Oh, uh, Mike and Molly. I think it was Mike and Molly, which was another pretty funny sitcom. Those two together were pretty freaking funny. That big dude, the comedian, and then uh, uh, Jenny McCarthy's cousin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Melissa McCarthy. I don't. I don't think I ever watched that. Mike and Molly. Yeah, that's some okay. The, the mom was a freaking hoot, dude. Mall. Uh, Molly's mom lived with him, and it was she was a freaking funny character, real funny. You might want to go back. And young watch a Young of those. Sheldon, did you were right about yeah, that? Yeah, they got fact checking a little bit for I've you. I've never seen one episode of it, but I knew somebody had told me that they Dharma and Greg is what you're thinking of. No, no, no. Dharma and Greg was old. It was was not that was a pretty of, funny show? If I remember right, back in the day, was wasn't that, it? Was that the one? What was the one that they just brought back? Grace. Will and Grace, they just brought back for some episodes. He did Grace Under Fire, which was a good show. Is that dude. Chuck Lorre? Yeah. That's who you're looking at? Yeah. Name his sitcoms. Uh, it two and a Half all? Men, Young Sheldon, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, wow. Right there, he's a multi-gazillionaire yep. with those three. The Kaminsky Method, which was a popular show. I didn't watch it, but it is. Uh, Mom. Mom. See Chuck Lorre there. Dharma and Greg. The United States of Al. Bob Hart's. Abishola, I don't know what that is. Uh, Disjointed, Sybil, Grace Under Fire. Dude, He's got a lot. There's dude. two right there. Those are two big ones. Franny's Turn, Now That's Funny, and something that's not in English that I can't pronounce. He's the king of sitcoms, they call him. Um, I... I I thought he had another one on there. You want me I, to look up his net worth while we're here? Sure. I can't think of what he did that was on after 
There was a funny sitcom, I believe, that came on after Two and a Half Men at one time. I didn't like Two and a Half Men once Ashton Kutcher came on. No. 600 million. 600 million. That's not too bad. Not bad. Not too bad. He could he could burn through that. Mike Tyson burned through that. Eh, Mike Tyson had some help burning through that. <laughs> I think he's worth 325 million at one time when he was like 24. In in the 80s, 90s, when really, so it'd be. He was yeah, buying t- like three tigers a week. Six, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars or six hundred, seven hundred million dollars. I just, not to go off tangent, but I just had that discussion with somebody the other day. There wasn't one person in that man's life that could have helped him not. Don King was an idiot. Total crook. And then he cussed the model. We're not going to get off on that. That's No, I know. That's but, like a 10-part. I We need, I have to get my, I'm working hard to get Mike Tyson on the podcast. It would be so great. Like I'm working hard, hard to get him on. I, I would sit there in awe of him. Would sit there in awe of him and just freaking be like, man, kind of like I was with Ricky Henderson. He's in the weed business now. Yeah, I don't, I'm, God, that's such a weird thing to me, dude, watching him get all, like when you watch Hotbox, some of the videos that come off of it. I don't know. I don't know. I would never judge anybody for anything they do, but I think Mike Tyson would be better off not smoking weed and talking clear headedness. Clear headed. Clear headed. Clear headed. Clear headed. The problem is his clear head is dangerous. Kind of, but (laughs) that's what he says, man. That's what he's got that. He's got that killer instinct, you know, run through anything mentality somewhere in him. And he's, he says the weed and the MDMA and all that stuff helps him subside it. At least that's what he said on Joe Rogan. Really? Yeah. He kind of leads you to believe that, like, and obviously to be a that caliber of a boxer, man, you kind of got to have a, you got to have the, you want, he used to say it, I want to, I want to hurt you. You know, I want to, that that was his famous thing. I want to hurt you. I want, I want you. Most people, most people were knocked out before the bell went off. I know. They just, they knew it. God, he's badass. They knew it. Like like when you watch that I, that stare down with Michael Spinks that he knocked out in 91 seconds through the ropes, and Michael Spinks was undefeated. He was beating up grown men. Mm-hmm. And Tyson went in there and literally broke his ribs and then uppercut him after that liver shot and went through the ropes in 91 seconds, and the fight was over. Who was but, that? But you could tell how scared he was. Who was the big Italian guy that he, 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 he basically humiliated, but the dude was talking so much trash at the – press conference and then you could just tell when he got in the ring he was so scared and you can't blame him i know exactly what you're talking about big moppy brown hair with a yeah. mustache um italian guy not to get off on a tangent sitcoms who was that i'm gonna look for you look for that i don't dude i'm telling you like okay when we were kids did you watch Alf? Did you watch Facts oh, of Life? Yeah. Did you watch Silver Spoons? Did you watch Facts of Life? Oh, yeah. Did you watch Cosby every Thursday night? Oh yeah. Look what happened to him. Peter McNeely. Peter McNeely. That's not no, that's not the big Italian guy. Go back further in his career. Peter McNeely was one of his last fights. That guy was probably talking smack too. But there was a big Italian or a big big guy. If you say his names in his Lou first S- Lou Savarisi. Yeah, Reason? there's one. That's one. That was a big Italian guy. There's more than that, though. I should just look at it. But sitcoms, like, they're a very popular format of our viewing. And really, there's only been a few, in my opinion, that that hit, 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 hit hard. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get the reaction to most of them that keep them, you know, in my DVR or in my history of TV that I loved. 
I just, I really wanted to figure out like the breakdown of the office of if you think it's the best, if you think it's the funniest of all time, or do you have one that compares to it? You know, people might say like these animations, like, like South Park or Family Guy or The Simpsons. There's some funny shit in those. Have you ever I just never could get into it. F is for family on Netflix. Oh, dude, Bill Burr. Pretty funny, dude. Yeah, but a lot of them don't hit with <laughs> hit, hit me like the, his stand-up does. The, the, now, you, some of his characters that he's played in movies, like in uh, the one with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock, The Heist or something like that, they're cops. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Dude, you got to watch that. And Bill Burr's dude. in it. Yeah, he's one of the brothers of Melissa McCarthy. I can't even think of the name of the the fan, the, can, the cop. What was it called? Do we need a fact checker? I'm going to hire one. ASAP. I, let, let me... Do you think that sitcoms is... The, compared to what you just said, Alf, Cosby Show, you know, Full House. What was Tim the Toolman show called? Oh, dude, great one. Home Improvement was Home, great. I don't think the new sitcoms really get to those levels But are we anymore? in a different level of our life to where kids that are 21 are watching these new ones? Because I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't get into any of them. I couldn't even tell you five of them. I, don't, I couldn't either. But I do, like you just said, we would sit down at, like you said, Thursday night, whatever, the Cosby show, or, dude, Married with Children that you touched on Married earlier. Married with Children, no, hilarious. Roseanne, dude. You remember Roseanne, watching Roseanne? Roseanne, there's another great one. Roseanne yeah. was pretty freaking far ahead awesome, of Awesome, dude. And, yeah, I, I guess I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, but it's like everything, I guess, we're getting old. and. But don't you think that you're supposed to watch more TV when you're this age? Or are these your work years? Is this your money-making years right now in our 40s? Uh, work, yeah, work years, I think. So they're not in money-making years. It's just work years. Yeah, just work. <laughs> just work years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I'm going with I'm going with Office. If I had to pick one sitcom to be on an 18-, 20-hour flight to New Zealand, South Island, I'm going goose hunting in New Zealand, right? I'm watching The Office. It will literally – it keeps your attention, and it, it's fall down funny. That's my call. What's your call? I'm going office too. Are you really? Or oh, is yeah. it just because I said it? No, I, I'm i telling you, dude, when it came out on Netflix, I watched them all again. And I, dude, I can binge, binge watch them. Like, I, I remember can't one, stop watching one them. Saturday. I probably watched eight of them, dude. Yeah, you got to put me wasted a whole day, you know? But yeah, I 100%. It's just good comedy. And I watch, dude, I still watch the shorts on YouTube. Dude, it's because of the, the, the uncomfortable, uncomfortableness. Mm hmm. The headliness, what'd you call it earlier? The, you know, he headiness. <laughs> headiness. Um, it made you uncomfortable so much you couldn't, but you're like laughing at yourself like, oh my God, like I've been in that situation. Like that is crazy that they're pointing out. They did, it was perfect comedy in my opinion. The writers deserve every award of all time. Now look, people will argue that Seinfeld's the best of all time. I don't even think it's in the top three or four or five maybe. Now, numbers wise, syndication, the guy's a billionaire off of it. Yeah. I get it. I'm not saying that Jerry Seinfeld is not a genius comic. I'm not saying that his stand-up's not funny and that he's he's one of the best of all time with his delivery. I get that. But just like F is for Family, Bill Burr, I'm not a huge... I don't think that that hits me as hard as his stand-up. I could watch mm -hmm. his stand-up every day and I'll fall down laughing. Okay? Kevin Hart, his stand-up doesn't make me laugh and neither do his movies. His <laughs> acting doesn't. Yeah. Now, what I do like about him is his work ethic. His working out, his companies, his entrepreneurial spirit, that 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 documentary they did on this, Don't F This Up. The guy's real. He's made mistakes. He's he's lost friends. He's burnt bridges. He's trying to become one with all that. 
Um, I respect him for that. He has some funny interactions with people that are not scripted and not, you know what I'm saying? Like you can, if, if you watch him interact with the rock or whatever, when it's like behind the scenes kind of stuff, he's got some fun, you know, he, he's probably a funny dude to hang around with. But yeah, I, don't I think don't, so, but I, I think he forces a lot of stuff when he's in those situations, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, His comedy works because he's freaking sells out arenas. Right. You know, of course he's good. And people say, I, I, I was going to go see him live here and I didn't go one time. John and Sherry went and they said he was great. But on DVD, his comedy, there's very few skits that made me giggle. Hmm. Bill Burr, I'm falling down. Yeah. I don't know. We break down sitcoms. You can we can get into him deeper, man. I can talk Cheers and Woody Harrelson and and Ted Danson. Ted Danson had a, a a sitcom where he lived in an apartment building. He'd go down to this diner every day. We look up Ted Danson. I got to remember the name of that. It was his name in it. Becker. It was called Becker. Dude, it had some freaking funny, funny, Becker. funny episodes. Do you remember? Be- I think it was called Becker. Um, Becker was it Becker? Ted Danson. I'm looking up. Becker didn't pop right up, so I don't know. Ted Danson sitcoms. Ted's Cheers. looking old. He's got a new one called Ma- The Mayor or something. He's still working. Oh, yeah, dude. He's like 70, and he's still the making The Good Place? Laugh. No, that's new. That's a newer one. The Mayor. The Mayor. Just, Becker. Yeah, you're right. Becker right there. That's a funny sitcom, dude. That was a well-done sitcom. It had a, bla- a black blind guy in the restaurant. I mean, there was some funny shit on, in that, that sitcom. You know what popped up for Ted Danza? Three, three men and a baby. Oh, Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, Steve remember, Gutenberg. Remember that ghost was in behind those curtains? Did you ever? Did you ever pause it and look at that thing? Was there really? Yeah, dude. I don't remember it now. If if I googled it, it would come up. But uh, yeah, there's a scene where it pans in that like New York apartment, and there's a big white curtain. And if you pause it at the like the right time, there's there's like a kid. It, it looks they like they did kid. it to mess with the audience. You think, or they they mess with the director? They said a kid fell out of that window in that apartment, and it's a ghost. Really? Have you ever seen the dude doing the nanu nanu on a Teen Nanu-Nanu. Wolf? No. Oh yeah, at the end, the, the end scene, they're like cheering when he's playing basketball. Remember? And they're all cheering, and it pans past this crowd. And it, at a certain part, there's a dude with his dick out, and he's kind of doing like the helicopter, like slapping it around. In the like in one of the extras in Michael J. Fox's Teen Wolf, yeah, no way, oh, yeah, hilarious, kind of like the Billy Ripkin F face card we talked kinda, about. Yeah, what'd you think of my cards I showed you? The oh other my night? god, it, I, hey, did I have every one I said I had oh my, and more? Pretty cool, huh? You kind of have like a uh stalkerish vibe on some of those Bo Jackson rookie cards, dude. Matt Williams, I but have now, now it was a good thing, dude. I mean. I don't want to talk dollar value anymore now that and I've I'm seen the number of them. I'm going to put them somewhere else now. Yeah. Now the people know I have them. Uh, you might want to put a, a safe within a safe. I know. <laughs> They're in a good safe. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Ah, who gives a shit? Nobody's listening Nobody's anyway. Listening. You can't say that on the radio. <laughs> they don't call him the best caller man for nothing. <laughs> that is what we're breaking down on the next episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. The best baseball movie ever made. A lot of people will say... Fill the dreams. A lot of people say Bull Durham. By far, no doubt about it, Major League is the best baseball movie ever made. Hands down. Like, literally, you don't even have to watch it, and you will laugh your ass off just listening to the audio. Yep. What? What? Uh, Remember we did that on our way to spring training with yeah. Major League and Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore is another movie that was genius by Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. He's had some unbelievably funny movies. I think Happy Gilmore is probably his funniest movie of all time. I like Mr. Baseball better than Field of Dreams. 
Ooh, I like Tom Selleck in that. That's a good call right there. I'm not a big Field of Dreams guy. I'm, I mean, it's a good movie. It's like James iconic, Earl Jones and Kevin Costner. I, but we will break down the movie Major League and the best baseball. Dude, there's so many one-liners in Major League. Like, they got chili dogs over there? Never mind. I'll <laughs> Never order. mind. I'll order. <laughs> Did you ever read Moby Dick? Cover to cover, babe. This is us right here, 757 Milwaukee. <laughs> no, nah, this, this is this your plane behind right it. <laughs> he goes, this, this is our plane right here, 747 Milwaukee? No, sir, that's not your plane. Here's one coming in behind it. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Did they even got pilots? Tell that stewardess to get me a bag. <laughs> I don't have any stewardesses. <laughs> I wonder if they yeah, took yeah. Willie Mays character off, Willie Mays Hayes character off of Ricky Henderson. Guaranteed. They had to have, huh? Guaranteed. Oh, I was going to tell you the story I learned about Ricky Henderson. When my buddy, one of my buddies saw that I was hunting with him, <clears throat> and he called me, he goes, did you ever hear the story about the first time he ever signed a million dollar contract? And they wrote him his first million dollar check. And uh, they go, Ricky, now that you got a million dollars, you can go out and spend it? He goes, no, nah, man, I put that check in a frame. It's on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't done any fact checking on it on the exact dialogue or the exchange, but that is so Ricky Henderson, dude. Oh my like God. Not, like I want, I got it. When I see him again, I'm going to, he texts me the other day and uh, I'm lining up another hunt with him. Dude, he's an awesome dude. I, awesome dude. Just, I just saw that little bit of interaction on your Instagram story and I laughed, dude. When, how many times did you steal or how many triples did you hit? He said, I always stopped at second because I like to steal third. It's freaking hilarious, dude. And he wasn't trying to be funny, and maybe he really did that. But I did Google him the other day. He stole home uh, 10 times, dude. That's pretty impressive, dude. Yeah, 10 stolen bases to home plate. That's very, very impressive. I'm going to show you this one right here. Tell me what you think of this. This is some funny. This is some funny stuff. If I can find it. Here you go. Click play right here. Oh, dude, this this whole deal with them. See right here what I'm pointing at? Here, come over here and just watch it on this. I'll play it. This is a little interaction with Ricky Henderson. So I'm going into uh, just trying to make Ricky laugh. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're gone. Did he stay it? Watch this. We had lunch there right there. We had breakfast. Hey, the funniest thing about that scene right there is that Rocky Merlot, love him to death. I go, do you know who this is? He goes, yeah, of course I do. I go, and Ricky's like right behind me. I go, because Rocky knows nothing about sports. All Rocky did growing up was farming and kill shit. Right. I go, who is he? He goes, shortstop for the A's. I go, what? He goes, he was a shortstop for the A's. I go, what number was he? He goes, 47. I go, Rocky. He's left-handed. He's the best leadoff hitter of all time. He's number 24. And left-handers don't play shortstop. And he's like, well, I'm just telling you what I knew about Ricky Henderson. Like, Rocky had no idea. No clue. <laughs> that's that's, that's hilarious. breaking it down. You know, like, getting down in the weeds, though, about sitcoms is like they were a big part we just touched on it they were a big part of me come br coming up like family time a lot of our family time you know if we weren't on the weekends it wasn't daytime hours when we were working and doing chores and going to school and playing sports we watched the cosby show oh yeah we watched cheers like sitcoms serve a purpose like they're they're an important part of entertainment 
Now you can find content. Like people are just on their phone, YouTube and shit all the time. It's like not, there's no authenticity in it anymore. It's like amazing that sitcoms even, the, the age group of watching sitcoms has got to be 55 to 70 right now, right? Because those are the only people watching traditional TV, they say. Well, you know what? The 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 main difference is, I, I don't know how your house was, but we had one TV at my house. So do we. And there it was, was no in the TVs room. in our room. No. And dude, like you said, after dinner, after the dishes were done and all the homework was done and shit, my parents had one of those air, you know, popcorn makers and they'd make a bowl of popcorn Us and too. the whole family would sit down and we would get to watch like one, you know, one 30 minute episode. And then we went to bed and, you know, my parents probably watched one or two more or whatever, but yeah, we didn't have TVs in our rooms. We that's didn't have the, phones. That's the exact point of this sitcom right there. You just said it. Dude, that, that's because now you go into a family house. Like last night, we were or two nights ago. I was looking around my living room. We were watching Christmas Vacation. I literally had to stand up and take phones away. Yeah, from adults and teenagers. I took phones away from adults. Said, "No more touching phones. Put it right here in this drawer, like a Derek Jeter baseball party." Because yeah. Derek Jeter made you check your phone in. That's why I never got in trouble. But I'm, I'm sickening. You can't, like, when we were kids, you would watch every minute of that sitcom and be pissed when it was over. And love the commercials and every. You remember that, dude? You tell like, Bill to have a Coke and a smile no, and shut up. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Cle Cliff Huxtable. Dude. But yeah, yeah, that, that's what we did. That's what's so good about this podcast right now is that sitcoms were our family time. Mm -hmm. We hug our mom and dad to, I remember getting the blanket and rolling up on the couch and freaking yeah. just being so excited to watch the ones that we were allowed to watch. Yeah, because I think after like a certain time, they probably got a little bit more, like more of your Cheers. Like Roseanne was pretty. We were allowed to watch Roseanne. We were allowed to watch Cheers. We Cheers wasn't. Cheers had a little bit of sexual innuendo and with Kirstie Alley and Shelley Long yeah. and and Kurt and and uh, Ted Danson. God, but dude, I'm talking Woody Harrelson's genius, boy. I think he's one of the best actors ever. Oh yeah, I truly do. I truly feel like him and like No Country for Old Men and Kingpin and he's been in so many natural born killers. Natural born killers. He's he's just a, he don't do much. I don't think he does much. What's that one that he did about? He did Zombieland. Zombieland. Yeah, That's, like, which is a good movie. Good movie. Great. And movie. he's funny in it, dude. He's hilarious. He's just a great actor. Yeah. He's just got it going on. But I don't know. Think about that. Find a sitcom. Get with your family. Get him around the TV. It's okay to watch a sitcom together. Play a board game together. I'm tired of this content, dude, and this nonstop. TikTok and reels and like, I, I'm being honest when I say this, I watch it a little bit. Like I'll see something pop up and I'll get a little interest. I follow, you can look and see the foul life. I don't have any personal, any personal, uh, what do you call it? Social platforms, but I follow 175 people and 90 of those are partners and people that I work with in friends the industry or and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I really don't follow Not friends, friends. I'm saying like, like I follow whiskey Myers friends in the industry. I want to know that I follow Jamie Johnson just so I could keep up with the tour of knowing where they're going to be. Well, and you want to support them. Yeah. And I, I follow guns and roses. I do like watching guns and roses, but stuff. then you watch it and you're like, I'm not, we talked about this last time. You're not even going to go to a show because you just saw everything on their freaking story. I know, but it's they, still they give you too fun. much. So anyway, um, that the thing about this content I think that's the gist of why we've talked about sitcoms, dude, is that there's just too much of it out there. Things have, times have changed. Yeah. I don't think it's for the better though. I don't like that. I can go on and just watch on my phone Mindless all night and stuff, take my attention dude. off. It, it's bad for your neck. It's bad for your vision. It's bad for your intellect. It's, it's, it's taking away the actual art of negotiation and the art of talking and conversing and communicating and speaking a jargon with another human being. 
I truly feel it is, dude. No, I try to have freaking conversations with these 15-year-old kids that I'm around sometimes, and I'm like, bro, you have no clue. You have no chance. You better change your you better change some shit up. You better quit. Nobody cares that you're watching these reels. Hey, that ain't gonna get you anywhere in life. Sales has be, have become ten times harder. At least for me. You know what I mean? Like everything being done over email and text and it's just that, like you said, that that conversation and people can't feel passion in an email. You know, people, if you're fooled by these, you know, dance videos and shit, that's not those people. You know what I mean? They put on the brightest smile they can put on and they dance in front everything, of their camera for 30 everybody's seconds. Everybody's living their best life. And it's bullshit. And then they they put their yoga pants back on and sit on a couch for eight hours depressed as as all get out. That and they, and they start planning their next one. Right. It, what, that's not it, what's real. What's got to go through your mind to... Like, maybe we're guilty of it, too. I got to get in front of a camera and be like, hey, we're at the provider kitchen. We're this. But I'll be damned if I'm going to play fancy like and get up there and do that. Now, look, people could say, dude, lighten up. Have some fun. Quit taking yourselves. No bullshit. Just go out to a freaking honky tonk and dance if you want to talk. If you want to dance and you want to go take a line dancing or a classical dance course, do something. Go line dance to freaking Billy Ray Cyrus, achy, breaky heart or something. Dude, and I, again, you can have the attitude. Well, if you don't like it, don't watch it. I don't. Right. But people are still doing it to where they're like, like, I'm my fancy like, which that song's lame. It got huge. At, it's not country. No. Walker Hayes. I mean, he hit a home run with it, but it's not country. No. But these dance craze that it started on TikTok, there's people getting record deals off of TikTok. No, I, it's not right. Don't ever put yourself in that category again. What? You said I get on Instagram and talk. You show people how to cook and call, and at least you are teaching something. You're not dancing in front of the camera. I can't. When I see it, I literally. You're a pretty am, good dancer, though. I seen you line dance or I, not line dance. I can swing dance. Swing like dance. A mofo. Yeah. I got dancer of the year at two weddings this summer. This summer, 2021. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Is that trophies? Your is that the, the best year? Best year you've had they, so far? They got me trophies. I don't know. I think I got when I was younger and I was going to more weddings. I think I got six time dancer of the summer. You're the guy that everyone wants at the wedding because you need somebody to start the dance. You know what I mean? Well, I don't all. I, if I have a good dance partner that can follow good and swing good, I'm better than Clay, and Clay's a pretty good swing dancer. But I'm more of a fast, like aggressive swing dancer. I think Clay's had some lessons though. Clay, he gave lessons to, to he gave lessons to the couple that got married, and they did their first dance in a swing dancing format. Really? He gave them lessons. And then I got dancer, uh, dancer of the night. Uh, me and the, my date had dance the, the the couple of the night for dancing, and they both looked at me and said, "Why didn't we get lessons from you?" I said, "Exactly, mm. exactly." Clay's good. Yeah. But Clay just doesn't have my prowess on the floor, dude. I'm like John Travolta, mixed between Saturday Night Fever with the Bee Gees playing, "How Deep Is Your Love," or um, "Staying Alive," and then you just switch over real quick to John Travolta in. With Pulp Uma, Fiction. Uma Thurman and Pulp Fiction. Like, I'm a mix between that. I think I would have been a disco uh, fan if oh, it would have been out. Because, like, when you it, just named those two songs and I could sing them both. And I'm like, that, those are legit songs. And it died so fast. Well, if you go out on the boat with Jason Carrier this summer with me. And I'm getting a new boat, by the way. I can't wait to show it to you. But Carrier's a 70s master. Like, he'll literally sit there on 70s music and he'll know... He'll like say the line before the line. It's like he, he's a mechanic and I think he just fixes trucks to freaking 70s all day. But when he plays a couple songs, one is How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. How deep is your love? Mm -hmm. And then he plays uh, um, Wildfire 
by mm, Michael Martin Murphy. Dude, that song, have you heard my wildfire about the horse? Yeah, of course. That one um, gets you, huh? Um, t- talking wild. Shoe Grand calling wildfire. That one? Uh, yes, yeah. that one right there. Okay, that song, those two songs on Jason's Boat, bro. We got away from sitcoms, but it went into this. We might have to break down BGs one day, the Gibb brothers. Mm-hmm. We might have to break down what a badass Michael Martin Murphy is. And just that whole era of 70s music. There is so much good music in the set. It's not like the, the Zeppelin was owned in the rock, you know, and Black Sabbath yeah. a little bit. But that, I don't know what you call that classic 70s vibe. That Bee Gees was a little disco. Some of their stuff was disco, but not all of it. No. But then that Michael Martin Murphy was kind of like cowboy poetry meets country meets fun. Like, and then there was just a whole like an amazing music scene going on that doesn't, in my opinion, get the credit it deserves. And thank God for somebody like Jason Carrier that brings all these songs back because I'm like, oh yeah, this is unreal. Now I can't go a week without listening to How Deep Is Your Love. So we're going to break down this stuff. We're going to break down Major League next time. Well, maybe we'll wait until a little bit closer to spring training, which spring training is going to be a blast. Hopefully they get this collective bargaining deal taken care of. Come on, MLB. Take a little hit for us. We haven't been in two years. Yeah. Think about us. I talked to Blackman the other day. God, I love Charlie Blackman. Breaking it down, sitcoms, The Office. That's what I'm going with. I'm going with Michael and The Office. Dude, there were so many funny interactions. When he'd go down and try to play basketball games against Craig Robertson and the guys down there, and you'd see him dribbling. Oh, my God. I'm going to start binge watching it. I forgot a lot of the stuff that you talked about tonight. Speaking of, you know, the Christmas time, what about when he, when he wraps everything in, on Dwight's desk? And oh, then yeah. Dwight goes, I can skin a whitetail buck in under 30 seconds. And he opens his pocket knife, but when he sits down, it was all friggin' air. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Schrute. We could break down Dwight Schrute. Oh, funny actor, dude. I don't know his real name, but that character that he played, Rain Wilson. I think that's right. That sounds Did right. I just get that? I'm looking. I'm going Rain Wilson. I'm going Rain Wilson. We're ending it Shrew on this. Farms. Did I get it right? Oh, God. The Amish, the whole vibe that he got with his cousins. Uh-huh. Moe's. Breaking What'd it you down. say his name was? Rain Wilson. You got it. Wow. What a call. If you can spell his name. Spell it? Yeah. R-A-I-N-N-W-I-L-S-O-N. I didn't know you'd get that second I don't know in. anything else he's been in besides The Office. Uh, Thank you for downloading the podcast. Thank you for the subscriptions. We're truly blessed to have you as audience and customers. Thank you to our fan base. Thank you to our partners and sponsors. Please continue to support them. If you do choose to have a nice little Jack Daniels two-finger adult cocktail, enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Thank you to all of our partners for supporting us. Thank you all for being here, breaking it down. Let's go out. We got Brent Cobb that started it. You know what? I'm just doing it. Jake, hit that button. This is how deep is your love. Or should I go wildfire? Wildfire. Go wildfire. This is wildfire by the one and only Michael Martin Murphy. (laughs) 